Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast episode 100. We made it. Um, as always, I'm joined by Jordan. May the force be with us, gentlemen. And Dom. We are a century old. Oh, a wait. century. That's that's not no, how that works. That's not huh? hundred years, yeah. Episode one hundred though, nonetheless. Uh, yeah, episode one hundred. This is actually being pre recorded. Um so if you're wondering why we're not talking about certain things, it's because this happened in the past and we're bringing it to you in the future. because uh, that's how that works. Um, Time travel. Whoa! Yeah, uh, we wanted to have all three of us here for sure for episode 100, so um, yeah, we're just going to be going over the podcast and talking about um, things we loved about doing it, um, and just, I don't know, just various things uh, about doing the podcast in general. Um, I guess, first off, uh, what I wanted to talk about is like initially starting the podcast. So we're 100 episodes in. When I initially started the podcast, um, I had wanted to do something... Um, with a group of people for a while. I'd been making YouTube videos and doing random stuff for a long time. And uh, just like you guys, which you guys have probably mentioned, it's hard to find people to talk about video games at a certain level. Um, usually a lot of times when you have conversations with friends, it's very surface level, talking about like, oh, did you see the new X got a trailer? Is that game coming at out best. later this year? At best, yeah, <laughs> at best. Um, so basically, through Kind of Funny, I realized that their Facebook group, though I don't really use Facebook a whole lot, outside of like messaging and checking maybe the, the kind of funny group here and there. Um, I saw that they had a lot of people that were interested in creating content and we're just looking for people to do it with. Um, so I essentially, and I don't remember the exact events, but I know I went in there and I was like, Hey, I want to make a podcast. Anybody who's interested, um, just get in touch with me and I'll get in touch with you. And I kind of had like an, like an email kind of questionnaire thing, just kind of, kind of trying to get a read for people because even though people are really into video games, it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll gel well with your personality or the type of thing you want to do in terms of content. Um, another big thing for me was finding people who were uh, dedicated, and that's a huge thing for me. As you can see, we made it to 100 episodes, which is great. People are down to do something out of the gate, but a lot of times it's hard to find people that are consistent and committed to something. Um, and it's not like we're getting hundreds of thousands of views or anything crazy like that, but I genuinely think, and you guys can say if it's the same case, I, I do this because I really enjoy doing it every week. Um, it's something that's just uh, a consistent, yeah. And I, I just like talking about video games with you guys, and you guys have grown to be friends to me, and we're just these random guys that I hoped a podcast would work out with. Um, yeah, th there was the funny thing with... So... Real, real quick. Actually, the, the reason I do it, uh, there's a alien overlord just off screen that you're unable to see but he basically has a force field around my body at all times and if I don't do what he wishes well he could just explode me from the inside out basically all my internal organs would individually explode creating a chain reaction that eventually renders me ended <laughs> that sounds like the uh, is it fantastic four or like incredibles or a Whoever has like the the power to create force fields, right? Like, once makes the threat, like well, I'm gonna put a force field inside you and just expand it until you burst from the inside. I don't know. That's what you just reminded me of. Fucking dark. Basically, yeah. He's not the nicest guy, and so I continue to do this <laughs> podcast for his pleasure. Um, the thing I wanted to touch on real quick before I want to hear your guys' thoughts about initially getting started and obviously contacting some random dude who's starting trying to start a video game podcast is uh, there was a lot of people who were interested. A lot of people. I think uh, the final count for the number of like submissions I got was like, like twenty something, low twenties, probably like twenty two or twenty one. I don't remember the exact number. Special, though. We're so special. Um, a lot of them. There was a huge age gap. Um, either way, and that was kind of hard. There was a bunch of kids who were really younger that I felt that wouldn't mesh well. 
Um, there's a lot of people who are way older. They're like, bro, do you love mobile games, bro? God. There's a, hey, Fortnite, man. Uh, there was a lot of people who were way older, and though they were, like, you know, pretty intelligent and knew how to conversate about video games and stuff, just the the gap in interest there, uh, I could see a lot of them were interested in talking about older games, like older, older games, and that's just something that I wasn't interested in in terms of having uh, a podcast. I wanted to get people around my same age, um, though I am a, a little bit older than you guys, just on the same wavelength. Um yeah, yeah it was, it's it's a bummer we had to turn down Jared Petty for that reason, but it, it, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's well known that Jared is not the biggest fan of Jared Petty, mostly because he stole his first name. But other than that, exactly, he spells it differently. I think but, he doesn't like all the, the I retro. I don't. Talk. I don't dislike Jared Petty. I'm just not a huge fan of his like yeah, opinions yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I just, he's you always said like, that he seems like a genuinely mean person, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, he seems all right to me. <laughs> I don't know if anybody could ever say that about Jared Petty. Um, it'd be like yeah. opposite day. Anyways, uh, f- from your guys' perspective, because obviously I only have my own, what was it like like seeing some random person post that they wanted to start a pod- podcast? And like, what made you send me a message saying you were interested in like go forth with doing the podcast and stuff? Um, honestly, I was just trying to get some dick. Jesus and, uh, Christ. <laughs> couldn't hold it. I wanted to hold it, man. Jesus. Um, <laughs> I was not expecting no, those just, group of uh, words together. Oh my god! <laughs> you should, uh, you should, after a hundred episodes, know to expect the unexpected with yours truly. Um, but I think it basically comes down to really what you just said, which is uh, probably one of the reasons that we we're able to gel. Which is that, um, you know, locally there just aren't enough people to talk about video games with, and there kind of are like you were saying jared but it's like oh did you see this new giant game that everybody was already gonna fucking play coming out later it's like yeah this is not uh stimulating conversation for someone who is uh really deep into the video game scene and uh not only what's happening on the screen but also uh what's happening um behind the scenes with the developers publishers um the hardware manufacturers um, there's very few people, just in general, that can have those conversations uh, and that want to have those conversations, I guess. Um, so that was what I was excited about, is that um, you know we could connect on that level and be able to have those discussions without me having to like almost censor myself just because I knew that this person wasn't going to talk about like some, you know, basically like the fucking CPU on the PS4 Pro or whatever, so... Yeah, yeah. I'm right along with you. It's it's about finding that conversation mostly that, that you don't get anywhere else. You know, finding like it sounds corny, but like the people that like your niche that you fit in with, you know, fit in with best. Um, and then I think, like you mentioned, we're all like on the same wavelength. We we're pretty pretty close in like what you know the goals and what we want out of doing this as well. Like we both want or we all want um, same kind of. Sh- to have some kind of structure around what we're doing. Like, we're just not just getting on a Skype call together. Uh, exactly. Chatting, yeah. Which, you know, would fulfill that need for conversation, but it's also, like, we do want to, like, you know, put some structure around this, and Jared does the lion's share of the work and the editing and design and everything. But um, still, like, you know, we all want to have this published and start to build a little something, too. Um, yeah, the biggest part, like, this is something that would be easy to come together and start, you know, and go for a few weeks and then kind of fizzle out. Um 
but yeah, the fact that we've gotten into a hundred episodes, I think, kind of says, you know, enough about that. You know, we're all really into this, um, which I think I think is pretty cool. So, yeah, ride or fucking die, bitches. And the interesting thing too life. is, uh, I don't know how much content creation. I know people love that phrase, uh, content creation. You guys did on the internet before doing this, but for me. Um, one of the hardest things about um, doing something online that isn't getting necessarily the views you want or the exposure you want is it's great to build like a portfolio or like just get the practice and stuff which is fine and it's great and you should do that um, and do it because you enjoy it but it's a lot easier to do something that's not necessarily getting the exposure with a group of people instead of alone you know what I mean because at least you are right, you right. have those relationships there and you're building something whether it eventually becomes something or not at least there's something being built out of it Whereas if you're doing something on your own, it feels very isolating, and it just it uh, it doesn't, and it's harder, you know. Um, and with this, it's it's easier because for me, I feel that I have a commitment to YouTube um, to make sure to be on it every week and make sure to get stuff done. Because not only do I owe it to myself, it's something that I personally want to deliver and do every week and enjoy doing. It's something that you guys do too, so I actually appreciate the for lack of a better term, the burden of it. You know what I mean? It's not like weighing me down or anything, but I like that I, I'm i committed to doing this because I owe it to both of you as well as myself. I appreciate that. It's a lot It's a lot better to do that for me uh, and the way I work than it to be like a, a, a sole project kind of thing. Um, well, I mean, we mentioned this right before the show. You were talking about doing a new graphics package, and I said, Jared, you're a peach. And I really... It's kind of sounded like a goofy thing to say, but I was being very serious at the same time because um, our graphics do look great. You kind of have a background yeah, there, so you know good. what you're doing. Yeah, and so you, Dom and I never have to worry about that, and I know I can speak for Dom when I say that it is very appreciated on our end that um, there's so much that you take care of um, just uh, kind of like a quality control perspective, and then, um, yeah, the reliability, the dependability... And then, yeah, I mean, these graphics are are really top-notch, so all of that stuff is, uh, we obviously aren't talking about it constantly, but I know that we do appreciate it. Yeah, and that's, that's awesome to hear, and I know you guys do appreciate it, and for me, it's, I, I hated using the word burden, because it usually has a negative connotation to it, but I do appreciate that, and for me, I'm just like a, it, I hate to be like talking about myself and stuff, but for me, I'm like a... A natural born leader so I like whenever I go into a project or go into things I like to be the person in charge of things it's just the personality I'm, I'm a very a type uh, personality that way so for me I like being in charge of things and like doing all this stuff um, but I do like that I have other people that are committed to this as well you know what I mean it's a joint venture by all of us um, I guess the other thing I want to talk about is like initial impressions with everybody because it's like it's one thing for me to like get in contact with people and be like I want to do a podcast with people and kind of get your gaming interests and figure that stuff out. When I started talking to people, I don't remember if I did this with you two or not, but I remember that I would do like 10 minute little talks with people on Skype. Did I do that with you guys as well? Just like a brief, yeah. like yeah. not an interview, I guess it's technically an interview. Yeah, um, sure. It was just kind of, that's another thing is it's a general fill out kind of thing of, um, you can write things on paper that I that I agree with or gel with, and you can seem in written word somebody that I gel with. But unless I actually have a real conversation with you, that's the whole point of a podcast is us having a back and forth. And there were people that were um, 
and I hate to make it sound like this because it isn't like a super special uh, group of people. Like it wasn't like super excluded or anything, but there was a narrowing down process of figuring out the people that I definitely want to do the podcast with. And there were people that are like in that last echelon of, oh, this is a possibility. And when it came to just talking with them, it, it just didn't feel right. There wasn't that natural pattern of conversation. Um, there were some people that didn't gel. I don't want to say necessarily politically, but this is kind of a tough thing to talk about too but if you do a podcast right say we did a podcast and we got big the last thing i want is for the one of the people i do a podcast with for people to end up finding out through his past of like social media or something that like he's like a nazi or like you know (laughs) something crazy or even Um, like something dumb uh oh man that quarterback that got drafted and they like looked up his tweets from high school and he's dropping the n-bomb and stuff and it's like yeah he was posting lyrics to songs was it dumb of him yeah was it racist not necessarily not overtly. just ignorant probably yeah and it, it's there's a fine line there I mean, it's not me saying that like i didn't want people who were opposite of my political views or anything like that it's just i didn't want terrible people you know what i mean there's right. like a difference there right right you would you would hate to get into this situation and then you know find out down the road that <laughs> i hate that you're smiling. somebody thinks that that friends is better than That'd be Seinfeld. Horrible to find that out. could be crushing. Yeah, that could honestly crush you. Yeah, or that um, they don't like Dragon Ball. Also, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like they've never been around DBZ and they don't know who Piccolo and Vegeta are. And it's like, who the fuck are you and how are you still on this podcast? Or two- <laughs> I mean, at the very least, they would have seen Infinity War by this point. Am I right? I mean. And I hope I'm not describing a monster, right? And now. two people, two people who aren't the largest fans of Uncharted. When you seem like one of the biggest Uncharted fans there is, I remember that was a funny thing when Great he first started the, po- the podcast. Is like you were like Uncharted, Uncharted, and Jordan are like Uncharted, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, it exists. Yeah, yeah. But overall, was- but the thing is, is at least I still have a very uh, deep love for Naughty Dog. Yeah, I think that's honestly. Just a little tangent here. I think that's why I'm so hard on Uncharted is because it's like, dude, Naughty Dog, you've been one of my favorite studios forever, and you're the reason I'm so into PlayStation. One of the reasons I'm so into video games. So, you know, tighten up them bullet firings a little bit. Yeah, and it's it's good, though, because I also got two people, and I think we're a group of people that can dislike something but not overtly hate on something. And I think that's something that, especially with the more... Right for lack of a better term, amateur-ish gaming podcast, a lot of times it's very hate-filled or ignorant in some manner of like, this thing is dumb, this thing is dumb. But I think we do a really good job of navigating the conversations and turning them not necessarily in an optimistic viewpoint, but in a realist viewpoint of talking about the positives and negatives, everything that comes with it. Um, I, I feel that I do a, a pretty good job of when I don't agree with something or it's something I don't necessarily like. I'm good at, you know, talking about the positives in anyways, and I think all of us kind of do that in a great way. Um, yeah. Even if it's something... Well, we obviously... We have varying opinions on games, and we disagree all the time, but it never ends in a bloodbath. Well, exactly, because so. people can have different opinions, and you can still be friends. You know, yeah, it starts works. with, like, if we don't, like, lead off something with the preface of, I thought that, you know, this, this gameplay... And Uncharted was sloppy, yada yada. You know, if we don't exactly. lead off with that preface of, you know, I feel like it's it's always it still comes across as like, it, you know, we, we're never talking in terms of like our opinion is is the end all be all matter of fact truth. Yeah, right? we're always except for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
we're always conscious of that in our tones and the way we talk. So yeah. Going to that too, I love that we can have very serious conversations about like maybe stuff that happened with Quantic Dream or all the, of different studios or just things that aren't that great or people are kind of don't want to talk about. But then we can also have really dumb, uh, hilarious, comedic conversations about random things too. I think that's really, really. I can be looking for dick and not have to worry about it. Exactly, exactly. I think that's really cool that we can have both of those conversations and we can approach those the way we need to. Right? We don't necessarily have to have a super straight man during the funny conversations, and we don't have, uh, you know, somebody just trying to ruin having a serious conversation because they feel uncomfortable in that. And I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, one of the other things... I'll Here's... Yeah, to answer that question that you were about to ask before I interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little... Okay, so actually, two things. That actually just brought something up for me. Um, so I'll ask my original question second. Real quick, let's talk a little bit about the experience of doing this online as opposed to in person and, and how that's affected us. Because we've talked about... There was one time where I was apologizing to you guys for interrupting because I felt bad about it, and uh, even when it happens now, I still kind of feel bad about it, just because it sucks, but you guys both assured me, like, no, we're on the internet, and there's a delay on Skype, and it's not necessarily something you can help, and so I know there's been times, especially, I think, with Dom and I, where we'll start something and <laughs> stop because we're interrupting each other, and so then the next, we're both like, I guess I should go, so we jump back in, and we both jump in at the same yeah. time again, and so it's like... It's like being in the hallway with somebody yeah. and like trying to get around. Or four-way stop, and then you just hear the squeaky way. sneakers on yeah. the on the floor. It's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Well, it's a, a natural issue with recording online. It's going to happen. Um, that's right. why I don't take it to heart. If we were doing this in person and, and we constantly interrupted each other, then I think there would be an issue there. But we, we're over sure. over the internet. It's it's weird. It's like something that even though, you like specifically, you said you and Dom, you two can for you know people listening when we record they can see each other and they can see themselves but there is a delay and there is stuff like that and in person it's just like this natural thing with conversating at least if you're good at communication that you can kind of read when somebody's finished their point and then you speak and that's something that you right, lose doing right. it online so it's not something i ever take to heart or anything it literally just happened and i have no issue with it because it's just you know it's a, a part of doing this online you know so yeah yeah, yeah. Another thing is uh, never having met each other and gently caressed each other's face, which I plan on hoping be, hopefully being able to do at some point in the future. Because uh, I, I think it's obvious by now I'm in the Nashville area, Jared's uh, out in New Mexico, and Dom's in Michigan. So a triangle um, across the United States. <laughs> right, we're like we're nowhere close. It's not like, well, I could get in the car for two hours and at least go hang out with you for a little bit. Like, no, yeah. we're absolutely Quick two hour trip far far away from each other. Um, so yeah, hopefully, uh, eventually we'll get around to to hanging out. Hopefully, all at the same time, um, little camp controlled interests, if you will. Um, but that is something that I think about. How um, you know, there's people that in real life that I'm around that I'm like not as close with as I am with you two but you know I could caress their cheek if I <laughs> chose to do so and they gave me consent exactly um and that's just I think that's a product of if we were three guys in our mid 30s doing this I think we have a, we would have a lot more expendable income and it's like we'd have a lot easier Possibly. way of planning that stuff out I mean 
we're kind of in like yeah. the early stages of our life where we're trying to figure stuff out and we don't really have a whole lot of expendable income and we're trying to figure out what to do so that's not a huge hang up on me I mean it's crazy enough that we've we've built this friendship through simply just talking on the internet which is really great even though our parents half the time don't believe that that's something that could be done um, you know the internet's dangerous there's strangers out there that want to give you candy um, right but yeah I, I agree I whether that's at like a convention that all of us can make it to or however it happens to be um it just, I think that's a, a product, just like the interrupting is a product of us doing this online, I think us not having the opportunity yet is a product of where each of us are in our life at this point of like, it's not as easy of a thing, but I think that'll eventually happen and right. it'll work itself out. Um, I guess the other thing I wanted to talk about uh, is, I have a couple of other things I want to talk about, but one of them is, did you guys, like when we first started this, and this kind of goes with consistency and commitment, did you honestly think that we would make it to 100 episodes? It's not necessarily that we wouldn't make it to 100, but it, it probably wasn't anything that you guys were thinking about, right? Of like, I'm going to do this podcast for 100 right. episodes. And that's 100, right. not even counting all of the... We we produce five individual E3 podcasts, so that's another right. 20 or 10, plus all the other stuff we've recorded. Like, 100 episodes right. is no laughing matter. Whether or not we're huge or not, doing something 100 times is pretty impressive, week in and week out. We've missed some weeks due to stuff, but like reaching 100 episodes is pretty impressive. So, yeah, Did you no, I, I hadn't thought it. I didn't think that far ahead at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was just, yeah. I was like, let's do this. Like, you know, I was excited. I was like, oh yeah, these guys seem cool. Like, let's do this. This will be fun. Let's see what we can do here. I did not think this far ahead in the slightest. So. Yeah, yeah, I would say just about the same. I mean, um, you know, I just kind of felt like. It, come what may, which is kind of how I handle things just in general in life, but uh, I just enjoyed doing it and continued to enjoy doing it, so continued to do it, and um, yeah, I think it's definitely flown by, I will say that whenever I think about the fact that it's been uh, a little over two years at this point, it is pretty crazy, um, and you know, we've talked about the fact that we aren't uh, anything huge on the internet, but I like it for having kind of an archive of my thoughts on not only games, but of course you guys know I talk a lot about, excuse me, all different kinds of media on here, whether it be comics, movies, TV shows, uh, music is actually something that I don't usually bring up, but uh, but yeah, it's something that I can go back, um, you know, years from now and look at, and uh, what did I think of, you know, Far Cry like 5 in the moment, came out, yeah. Or God of War, PS4, right? Yeah, because you know your thoughts will change over time. So um, I appreciate having that. Yeah, exactly. And going back to we mentioned this way earlier of like not having people to talk to. Before I would read all of this gaming news or watch podcasts or listen to stuff and I'd be like, oh, that's interesting, or oh, that's interesting, and hmm. I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd go and start talking to my friends and I'd mention it and like they would show like casual interest because they're my friends and they don't want to be a holes about it, but like. You knew that after the mentioning of it, that conversation wasn't going anywhere. Uh, even to this day, whenever right. I mention stuff, they're like, oh, interested. I'm like, oh, they announced this game and this and this. And they're like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, if you didn't realize, they're the people that made this game. And then the thing clicks and they're like, oh, okay. But it's always like a one-sided conversation. I'm always the person bringing that information yep. to people. I don't have anything to bounce off of. You know what I mean? Um, right. So that's right. I appreciate with this podcast is not only is it a weekly thing where I get to talk about uh, – talk to you guys just period – I get to gather up all the news and be like, oh, we get to talk about this stuff and have somebody I can talk to about it that understands the dynamics of why this is important or why this doesn't matter or why this does matter. 
Um, and that's really cool. Um, I, I just think yeah. 100 episodes is impressive any way you cut it. And to make it this far, I've seen plenty of things start off and not even get to episode 100. Um, it's just cool to see that because that shows consistency, right? And I think, too, to the point sure. is if we ever do get to a point where we even reach a little bit of notoriety, um, having a podcast that has lasted as long as ours already has shows people that we are committed to this. We have been doing this for a while. Um, if people jump in and they're like, oh, I'm on podcast 135 or 150, whatever. Like, they've already done 150 of these podcasts. They've been doing this in and out. You know what I mean? So I think it's really cool. Something something that's worth mentioning, uh, not that we're sitting here all boo-hoo, that we don't have a giant following, but there's a lot of people out there that would be very excited to be able to have a podcast that doesn't really have a following. You know, there's a lot bigger people on the internet that would damn near kill in order to be able to just have uh, an online conversation and not have floods of people, both positive and negative, uh, trying to talk with them. So there's something to be said for the fact that we don't have to deal with all of those uh, different situations that arise when you have thousands of people following your stuff online. Yeah. Also, I mean, to that point, too, there's people that wish that they just had a podcast to do with other people that would last 100 episodes. So even if we don't have the following, I'm glad sure. that we've been able to do this as long as we have. Um, I sure. guess the last thing I want to touch on before we get into a question uh, that Dom had an idea for, what's your guys' like, I guess we've partially touched on it, but what's your favorite part about doing the podcast? Um, for me, I think my favorite part is the E3 predictions we do every year. Um, I love those just because... Though they're not like crazy stakes or there's like something crazy good for the winner or crazy bad for the loser, I just like having a group of people that I can talk to and make predictions about these these big events in the gaming world and see where we where we land in terms of getting it right and wrong. And I also love that we bring in guests as well um, because we do have a diverse um, group of people giving their um, thoughts on things, right? So, for instance, some of our past guests include Blessing and Logan and Max. Uh, and even recently, Alex Van Aken and Chris uh, Noons. So each of them, like if we had Blessing on the PlayStation predictions, he would have a different approach in terms of what he thinks they're going to do than, say, if Logan was on it. And it just happens to be whoever's on that on that Don't, podcast. Uh, so I think it's really interesting. I feel like I must interrupt you at this point to say, don't forget about our Easy Allies pal, Ian Hink, Exactly, has been very good to us. Even yeah, Michael Huber was, on, was on the episode once, too, but he's a hard man to track down. So. Right. <laughs> Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Um, that was actually when I had thought of the two questions a few minutes ago. That was what I was going to ask is, uh, you know, let's talk a little shit about these guests of ours, if you will. God, jeez. Um, <laughs> no, I just think that we've been blessed with... Wow, I didn't mean to you know, I'm gonna talk about <laughs> blessing now. No, um, we have been uh, lucky to have some great dudes on here. Um you know, there's no diversity, mostly just because we hate women. That's why <laughs> married to one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we've had some great dudes on here that, uh, you know, we've never had any issues with them. Same as we never had any issues between each other. So it's, it's really cool that that's been the case. Um, as far as my favorite part of the podcast, I would say... Um, we haven't done this as much recently, mostly just because I haven't had any ideas for it, and um, we've just been focusing on other stuff, but uh, something that I'm sure we'll get back into at some point and that we've done plenty of in the past is uh, some of the much deeper topics where we're talking about 
Um, you know, I remember there's one where I brought up simulation theory and how that, uh, you know, interacts with video games or what the future of uh, possibly arcades could be if they were brought back for VR purposes. Um, stuff where we're like really getting down to the nitty gritty and uh, pouring out our thoughts on uh, these things that don't usually get talked about in the video game industry because most video game podcasts aren't about uh, talking about deeper stuff stuff on deeper levels in the industry. It's more just about this game came out yesterday and here's our review score for this and what's the latest uh, PlayStation exclusive. So. Um, I really enjoy those discussions that we have. Yeah, yeah. the e- E3 predictions or any other predictions are always a... That would be an easy pick, um, as well as you know, reflecting on E3. Those are always good talks, too. Um, I think if, if, I were to, if I were to say one thing in particular that that I like the most, though, and it's, it's kind of looking forward to a certain conversation. So the most, you know, the most recent example being last week, I was like, all week I was like, I cannot wait to talk to Jordan about God of War, right? Like, um, yeah, that was something I legit was looking forward to specifically, um, all right. the way up until that Thursday, right? So, um, same thing back with Uncharted and you know whatever else you know whatever other games there are. And, and nowadays it's Wolfenstein, but but Jared's ass won't play the game. Uh, <laughs> Infinity War, <laughs> and then yeah, Infinity War is the the reverse scenario there. But yeah, so. Um, like looking forward to specific conversations of like, you know, well, we all played this thing or watched this thing, and you can have like an you know an in depth conversation about like, oh, what'd you think of this and what'd yeah. you think of that. Um, we still have about half of that conversation still to be had for God of War, by the way. Uh, when you're done, <laughs> absolutely, um, absolutely. But yeah, that, that's something I'd point out. Like that's always what I what I look forward to the most. Those are definitely the episodes where I'm like, oh man, like got this specific thing I can't wait to fucking talk about. It's funny that you mentioned that too. Yeah. So when I was looking for people who wanted that I wanted to be a part of uh, the podcast and stuff, um, another thing I was afraid of is people who were um, yes men or people who didn't really um, talk a whole lot. And the last thing I wanted was to have a podcast where I talked and talked and talked and talked and all the other person would say is like, yeah, or sure, or whatever, right? And I'm glad that like last, uh, last week to, of recording this, pre-recording this, um, during that God of War conversation, I didn't talk for like a good 25 minutes, and I loved that because I was just listening to you yeah. guys talk yeah. about God of War. Because you don't know shit about God of War. Exactly. <laughs> because this is, and I'm going to say this now, and this is a pretty bold statement. This game is, I think, without a doubt, the best game of this generation. Maybe the past few generations, I'm not going to go quite that far. I'm going to play Jesus fucking Christ. You don't have to certainly so far. It. Yeah. This generation, I think this is the best game uh, that's that's been that's come out, and that means I think it's better than The Witcher Three, better than Bloodborne, better than Horizon Zero Dawn. I don't know about that. Breath of the Wild. I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm putting um, it up there. So certainly better than Breath of the Wild, no <laughs> question there. Um, yeah, I guess there's not really much else. To, oh, so you mentioned uh, not not having a girl on as a guest. That's one thing that kind of sucks with video games Where in general they? is like it's hard yeah. to find people that like want to engage. Um, and one of the funny things is it's all hot boys and no, not enough gamer <clears throat> girls. Out. Exactly. When I was looking I think, for, sorry, go ahead, Dom. I think I know what you were going to say though. It's, I mean, yeah, the the numbers are you know heavier on the male side, obviously, in this you know in this community industry, yada yada. Um, but also that you know the girls that are here probably don't like speaking up too much or you know making it known because they don't get treated all that well often 
So sure. yeah, that's part sure. of it. Because a lot of times in part of a gaming community, you have people who aren't necessarily, uh, you know, in tune with how to handle those type of situations and may come on a little strong. Um, mm-hmm. not, not a lot of times. Very well yeah, said. Jerry. Not a lot of times to be like vile or or on per, uh, you know be overbearing. It's just they're not very good socially. So in turn, that leads to you know that whole situation. The funny thing though is, so my initial plan was I've always wanted three main people. I thought four was a little much. I like when we have a guest on, and four is fine. But like I didn't want four as a mainstay because then if we had a guest, that'd be five people. It's a little much. But my initial plan was my my dream was to have. Three, three people, and at least one of them was going to be a girl because I know, like you guys have mentioned, I noticed in like podcasts and stuff, there isn't a lot of females. Like one of my big things was, was like, I would love to have a female on the podcast because that isn't a perspective we get to get hear a whole lot. Unfortunately, due to the way things played yeah. out, there wasn't any women that uh, you know wanted to do a podcast. But in turn, I got you two, so that's great. I'll, I'll trade that for any, any, you know. Yeah, no. And with that, I'd like to go ahead and announce my transition (laughs) into the female gender. You are required to refer to me as such, and we do now have. Dodging all of that. Uh, Let's get to the next topic. Um, Well, no, really quick, though. I I like that you bring that up. um, uh, Because we did have at least have the, you know, the opportunity to have a couple chats with Blessing, and we got a little bit of a different perspective as, you know. See a girl now? No, he's black, Jordan. <laughs> but wait, he says I did not know. I did not get that you were going down that road with him. Well, and That's it's funny. and it's something I certainly you know I didn't when he brings certain things up. I'm like, oh, I guess I never really thought about that. So for example, when he uh, we talked about Far Cry Five um, back before it came out, and he was like, oh yeah, it's kind of cool. Like there's a Far Cry game where you're shooting you know white people instead, not like white people, but people who aren't dark. Yeah, I guess. dark. And yeah. it, you can, I'm probably not. I don't know if I'm saying this the right way, but I guess what he meant was like, like we're actually shooting white guys at the bad guys. You know, not that they never are or whatever, but it's like it, predominantly. It was that yeah, yeah. It was something that stuck out to him just from his perspective that I never would have had that perspective. Like, exactly. You know, I never think about yeah. something like that as a fucking white dude, but I don't know. So we get a little bit uh, of that at least from that perspective. Yeah, it would be cooler to have a like, yeah a female perspective as well into some conversations. Because like yeah. when some of the when some of these opinions come out, like oh well, why can't you custom create a, a girl character and this and that, and like we hear some complaints, and I'm like who the fuck cares? That's dumb. Why do we need that? But it's like <laughs> well, I'm also not a girl, so it's like which funny I don't enough know. in every it's like, like to be excluded in every non RPG game, I always pick a female character. Um, so PUBG, I have a female character. Uh, GTA Online, I have a, a female character, and the reason I do this is because a lot of times in games they have smaller hitboxes. So in PUBG, the female character has a smaller hitbox uh-huh. than the male, um, so huh. it's actually an added advantage. advantage. Wow. I, I do that. I always choose female also, like, characters uh, when. Go I ahead. was just gonna say also like, it, I think it's more pleasant to like look at a like a female than it is to look at like a, some hardened dude the entire time. It's like if I want to look at a dude, That's I'll just fair. look in the mirror. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It depends on the game, though. That is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do choose uh, females, though, just because um, I didn't even think of the hitbox thing, which is very smart, Jared. But uh, I just choose females because that balances out the amount of games where I play as yeah, a female true, protagonist. Exactly. You know, if, yeah. if for all rare. the Mass Effect Andromedas and Dragon Age Inquisitions I'm playing as a female, then it... It means that I'm playing that many less as just another generic dude, so I do appreciate that. Also, it brings like a sense of fresh air. I think a lot of times too of like, 
I mean, most of the time you play as a male character in a game, you know, and to have the choice, right. it's something like, yeah, sure, I'll play as a female through this game. Not really, it's not really like a crazy thought. It's just like, sure, why not? I'll play as a female mage in, in Skyrim or whatever, you know. It's not really anything. Right, and I mean, it can even be to benefit, like, uh, Fem Shep in the original Mac- Mass Effect trilogy is easily the better of the two voice actors. Oh, 100%, yeah. So, you know, it, it can be to your benefit a lot of times. Agreed. Um, so this is something that Dom uh, brought up before uh, that we could end the show on before we close out episode 100, which, once again, it's crazy to think that we made it this far. Um, what is the game that we wish existed? Now, the way you kind of brought it up, Dom, is you said it could be something realistic or unrealistic. For me personally, I'm going to approach it in, like, a scenario that could possibly happen. And for me... Um, Super, I, I, Jordan may be on the same track, but I, I really think that we need more, like, super quality superhero games. Um, obviously, yeah. we're getting Spider-Man, which is my most anticipated game, even more so than Red Dead 2, which I'm excited for Red Dead 2, which, but, like, oh, man, I'm so excited for Spider-Man. Trailer was awesome for Red Dead, by the way. Yeah, I could, I could totally see Spider-Man kicking off a whole new wave. Yep of superhero games that we aren't getting. I honestly think the reason is, is because of the way uh, licensed games have uh, been almost like banned from the industry at this point because of the the way that they were treating those licenses, uh, the publishers specifically. And so, um, fortunately, we had people picking up the slack, like shout out to uh, Insomniac, obviously, making... uh, um, not Insomniac making Sucker Punch. <laughs> Insomniac making Sunset Overdrive. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, Sony's best internal studio, Sucker Punch, making the Infamous well, games. So Marvel Games actually has Bill Roseman in charge. And there you go. And since early last year, he said that they're committed to rejuvenating the Marvel brand in video games. And I think what probably honestly happened is that Marvel sees how successful their movies are uh, in terms of pure numbers yep. and profit. And they're like, why? video games are huge. Why aren't we tackling this? We have mobile games. Like, why aren't mm-hmm. we tackling this? And there was probably that conversation of, mm-hmm. well, the licensed games just got to a point where they weren't selling to the numbers that we wanted. And they're like, oh, well, the industry is different now. So Bill Roseman came in and he's like, we have to have a different approach this time. We need to go to these AAA developers and have them make quality games. We'll be producing less games over time, but they'll be of higher quality and probably sell better. And I think, obviously, that's when the Insomniac pitch came up and the Square Enix Avengers deal came up. And I think we're, we could slowly start to come into this this golden age of superhero games. Uh, we have Spider-Man, we have Avengers on the Horizon. Hopefully that's good. It's being developed by Crystal Dynamics, who, though the Tomb Raider games weren't tens, they were very solid games. So I'm interested to see what they do there. Oh, yeah. Especially with the help of the other studios. And we have, we have Rocksteady and WB Montreal, who have created some great games, and we don't know what they've been working on. And hopefully we see that soon. Like I said, this is pre-recorded. Fucking maybe we know. for real, man. Yeah, maybe we know what they're working on uh, at the point of this coming out. But I, I, for me, I guess to get to the question of what game do I wish existed, my favorite superhero, bar none, is the Hulk. I don't think you can make a really? standalone. Yeah, I don't think you can make a standalone Hulk game that's interesting that? enough. Uh, I don't think somebody would be willing to tackle it because to make a Hulk game interesting, you have to make it where. A, a part of the game is Bruce Banner in that narrative, and I think when people approach a Hulk game, they're all about the destruction. And though that's cool, doing in a video game, I do think you need to balance that out to make a quality game. So I don't think that'll ever happen. I don't think somebody would be willing enough to approach it that way. Um, some of the other heroes I love are obviously X twenty three, which is uh, Logan's clone. Fuck um, yeah, dude! I would I would love an uh, just an action game with her. 
um, just like a beat em up. Yeah. Um, I would love like mm. uh, God of War definitely gives me the vibe of obviously he has an axe and he pulls it back to him and stuff, but that kind of changes my perspective uh, for a like a linear type game. Uh, God of War is linear, but there obviously are open areas where you can explore and stuff. It reminds me of a lot of like I've mentioned before right. Tomb Raider. I would love to have a Wolverine game that's. Um, makes the combat feel the way God of War seems to make it feel, and though it's not perfect, just that it feels very intimate. There aren't huge hordes of enemies, but it's it seems perfect. like it, it seems like uh, in in the way Huber would say, "Feel the kill." I think that's something, especially in a yeah. Wolverine game, that's very important, and I would love that. Um, I have my hopes up for the Avengers game. I I would love for that Avengers game to come out, and then people see the success of Spider Man, and us get these. Maybe Square Enix is in charge of the big team-up games, but we have these people take on these individual projects for a Spider-Man game or a Wolverine game or even just an X-Men game in general. Um, and I want to see... Well, you're talking about God of War. you got to mention a Thor game, right? That would be awesome. A Thor game would be cool, especially with the rejuvenated popularity of the Thor character. Um, they made him a lot cooler and a lot funnier in Thor Ragnarok. Though we have our opinions on Ragnarok, I think, to the general audience... Thor is like just generally a cooler character from where he was in Thor and Thor Dark World and even Avengers. Just his sure, look is yeah, a lot cooler sure. and translates better to video games. Um, yeah, for me, I think just I want you know Spider Man is a big open world game, which makes sense for that character. I I want I guess my next dream game is a more intimate focused superhero game for a specific hero. So maybe linear like God of War is but a lot more visceral and closed in and not the open world that Spider-Man is. And I don't know what hero that would be. Like I said, uh, Wolverine's a, a good thing for that. Um, there's maybe a couple other characters you can choose, but I want to see the the uh, the Sony, uh, you know, Last of Us, God of War, but for a superhero game. Um, not necessarily copy cutter that, yeah. but like a more linear narrative-driven superhero game. That would be really cool to see. I think, well, it's not linear, but I definitely think you're going to get that with Spider-Man. I think you're going to have a great narrative there. Yeah. Um, obviously, Insomniac has the, the clout to do that. Just uh, building off of a couple things that you said, um, obviously my favorite hero is Batman, and they, I have uh, some amazing games to play from Rocksteady there. But my favorite Marvel hero is Iron Man. And, uh, you know, back when the original movie of his came out i was really hoping that game would be good and i had a little bit of fun with it you know i mean it's just fun to fly around and shoot repulsors at people or whatever but um i would really like and uh, he'll be in the avengers game but it would be cool to have a solo iron man game where you're just uh doing his thing um uh, i just ugh, i've been reading avengers versus x-men the comic series from several years back and He's just such a fucking cool character, and, uh, you know, with uh, what we saw in Infinity War, um, with it being his nanotech suit from some of the most recent comics, which I fucking love. I'm so glad they brought that into the MCU. Um, he can kind of just create things on the fly, so a shield or a sword coming out of his arm. Um, all different kinds of stuff can be created, and it would be really great to have those as, like, upgradable abilities in an Iron Man game. Yeah. That's what I'm interested in. The Avengers game is, it's, we, we've assumed that it's going to be the different characters and you control them, and that's a hard thing to do, because, you know, Hulk yeah. controls way differently than Iron Man, and it's going to be interesting to see how that fits and yeah. how polished and AAA it is. Um, right. The Iron Man game would be I hope they just do four 
just do four heroes and that'll make it easier on them to have uh, varying styles of gameplay but still like you know really focus on just four instead of like six or eight whatever yeah um, but obviously we'll see real quick huge shout out to Hulk ultimate destruction on the PS2 generation <clears throat> which was fucking dope even though it is kind of what you're saying Jared everybody always just focuses on the destruction which is that game is all about yeah it it, it's it's fun but like the the type of Hulk game I would want I don't think anybody is willing to do that same thing is uh, the reason we don't have a standalone Hulk movie is because Universal owned the rights but even if they did do a Hulk movie they always tend to focus on the, the, the Hulk part of it and not necessarily the Bruce Banner part of it and a lot of the Bruce Banner stuff is really interesting right. and is super dark and I just don't think they'd ever touch on that yeah. especially with Disney um, well it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde you exactly um, yeah uh, <clears throat> Dom what would well, you're the one that brought this up what would your dream I guess game be I guess we're yeah. more in the realm of reality but yeah and, I, and this was my question but I probably have the lamest answers um the first thing that comes to mind and is, is another Bloodborne game, but the more I think about it, I'm thinking, you know, I do want that, but I'm okay waiting and letting, you know, letting the anticipation build up, build up a little more. Um, but I'm also kind of hesitant. Like, I don't really know what that looks like and how that differs from the first game. Um, when you have, when you look at something like Dark Souls that that has, you know, tons of DLC and um, two sequels and so on. Uh, they kind of have a bit more freedom, like they can create, you know, whatever different looking worlds they want and do whatever they want with characters and mechanics and different things. Um, whereas Bloodborne, they're kind of, I don't know too much about like Lovecraftian uh, stories and that kind of stuff, but my worry is that how much exists in that kind of world that like how different can they really make a sequel? Um, and if they do make it too There's different... There's a lot. Can it, yeah, is it, would that be a bad thing if it got too but, weird? And, I mean, think about you know? Dark Souls 1, 2, no, and 3. They're kind of not all, at all. They're kind of all in the same kind of tone and place, but they all feel drastically different. Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, I, while Jared dies, I was just going to say that um, the Lovecraft, the Cthulhu mythos, if you will, there's a lot of shit they could do there. There is a lot. And, dude, just the incredible story that they told with the original Bloodborne. I think there's so much more that can be told, and you know, the Old Hunters was kind of that where they're expanding upon it and did it really, you know, really added to the lore and didn't like fuck anything up. So, I, to be honest, Dom, I get more and more worried the further we get away from the original Bloodborne about about the sequel. But you got to think that Sony wants that to happen, and it's their choice at the end of the day since yeah. they own the IPs. I just so hope it's done right. I definitely feel like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Studio Japan could handle it. You know, they're not... People think of them as Team Eco, and it takes them 20 fucking years to make a single game, but Team Eco is a part of Studio Japan. Studio Japan is, you know, Gravity Rush and Gravity Rush 2, so um, I definitely think they could handle it, uh, especially since they helped on the original Bloodborne. So I'm I'm still a little worried, though. I mean, I, I know a lot of people have kind of... Uh, especially since... Um, we don't know what Shadows Die Twice is, and if that doesn't turn out to be Bloodborne, I know a lot of people are already kind of losing hope. Um, so I'd love to see it. Maybe. I think it's got to happen eventually. I, I, but I, my point yeah. was, or one of my points was, I'm okay with waiting. Um, that's only going to make it that much more satisfying sure. when it does come out. Like 
I'm, this, if that's a PS5 thing, then so be it. That's all right with me. Um, yeah. Plenty to do in the meantime. PS5 launch title. Yeah. Um, that's the first thing that comes up. The the other obvious one for me um, is a is a like ground up, and this is probably more on the impossible side, but is a ground up remaster or rather remake of Ocarina of Time for the Switch specifically. Okay, I keep hearing about this. Do people not realize that they just did that shit on the 3DS and it's fucking awesome? Which is one of... And they did it with Majora's Mask as well? Like, if if anything, they're just going to port that. There's no right. way you could ask them to do... Yep. To remake the same game twice in ten years. Which, that's kind of <laughs> ridiculous. That's why I think it's almost certainly not going to happen. Um, because it was so recent that they just did that on 3DS. But I just wish they had done it on a console. Because the 3DS version looks great. It looks really good. I want it like... It's amazing. It could look... Even better, you know, a full, like, Unreal Engine type thing. Um, and obviously the reason I think of this and, I'm so, and I bring it up is because there's those YouTube clips of whatever that guy's name is who started to rebuild the game. Um, yeah, and it's it's nothing. do that. It's at best a tech demo, what he has built. He has some clips out there. Um, and the yeah. animations are kind of garbage. But you get the idea of what it, what it would look like um, if it were re- yeah. to be redone entirely. And it's just, oh, man, that, that's that's the dream. So that almost certainly will not happen. They, most likely um, we'll get virtual console version of it uh, on Switch or something, if, if even that. But that's a whole uh, other conversation. So I have a couple of things I want to throw out, and then Jordan can go with his last thoughts on, on a, a dream video game. Uh, real quick, Jordan, help me out. Who's, help me out with the developer of uh, Quantum Break and Alan Wake. The name's escaping me. Remedy. Remedy. I would love to see Remedy do, do something licensed. Um, I think all most I've I enjoyed Alan Wake. I loved Alan Wake. I loved Quantum Break, and their games just don't sell that well, which kind of sucks. Um, we're gonna we should be getting a, an announcement. Uh, once again, we're pre-recording this, so it might have already happened. Project Seven uh, for P Seven, um, but I would love to see them tackle something. The other two things, or I guess there's a couple of things I want to talk about is. Though From doesn't necessarily make the most like visually appealing, like you know, the game their games don't look like God of War Horizon or whatever. But I would love to see them tackle production value. Uh, well, I mean, I would say visual production. Um, I think their their me- game mechanics and stuff are untouchable in comparison to a lot of people. I would love to see them uh, tackle Star Wars, um, just lightsaber fighting, maybe just to some extent. Damn, I was gonna say. Uh, yeah. Damn, I would just love to see that. The other one I have is. You know the coalition is stuck making these gears games, and I think to give them a break, and, but they did name their studio the coalition. I would love to see a third-person Punisher game made by the coalition. Hmm. Oh, yeah, fuck that would be so dope. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! And you want to talk about production values? Like Gears of War Four was one yeah. of the prettiest games of this gen you know it just looks beautiful with even the new 4k update for the xbox one x um i just i think that they're they're they have the practice and the knowledge of making a third person shooter and they have that grit to them their games naturally have that grit and i would love to see them tackle punisher like i would i think it'd just be super dope dope um yeah i just want to say we mentioned a bunch of superhero games earlier and i'm glad you brought up quantum break because that is a fantastic superhero game by the way yeah um help me out again the name's escaping me the studio that developed nino kuni and nino kuni 2 level five no that's wrong yep no you're You're right right. 
Uh, okay, I'm just not sure. Level I would five. love to see Level 5 and uh, the Pokemon Company collaborate on the next Pokemon game. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, Nino, the original Nino Kuni has a lot of Pokemon in it with your familiars yeah. and stuff, so that would be dope. Just the, the, last... the, the artistic style of it, oh, just so good. Yeah. yeah. The last thing yeah. I was going to throw in, Jared, even just to be more vague, I just want something single-player narrative Star Wars. Something. Something good. Yeah, I, and that obviously. <laughs> yeah, that was. I think uh, EA was just. Yeah, uh, yeah. EA just told me to tell you. Go well, the closest yeah. thing you're going to get to that is going to be the open world game. I don't think we'll see a linear story-driven game. That's you know. I think this, the open world game is even open world. Yeah, that's fine too. As long as the, there is a nar- like a good, a strong narrative within it. That's the all positive good. thing. It almost happened twice, Dom. <laughs> fucking twice. You had unbelievable thirteen thirteen. And then now you had Amy Hennig, Uncharted Star Wars, just obliterated. The thing I want to say that's a positive and is something a little bit more optimistic is we don't exactly know what Respawn's game specifically is, and Titanfall 2 had one of the best shooter campaigns I have ever played. And it could be that their game is multiplayer-focused, but they're probably going to include a single-player campaign. And oh, yeah. I yeah. do think that that could have the possibility of being really great because Titanfall 2's campaign was really good. It's unfortunate that he is like, let's release it here. That's a smart idea. Um, yeah. I, I don't know like, how soon we're going to get the the God of War uh, equivalent or like, you know, The Last of Us or, you know, the, the strict narrative games, uh, linear narrative games for Star Wars. I don't think that'll be for a while. Um, Maybe ever. Yeah. Yeah, those are my, my last couple ideas. Level 5 with Pokemon and... Uh, Coalition with uh, Gears. Any other things you want to throw up before we close out, Jordan? So, yeah. Um, I'm so devastated about the Star Wars shit. Like, that sucks so fucking bad. What sucks even worse, you know, I could handle them, like, taking the game and being like, oh, we're going to kind of redo it with our... Uh, I don't even remember which studio it was that they're saying is redoing it, like Montreal or something like that, Edmonton. No, I'm thinking of Bioware. Anyways, um, I'd like to say just real quick, fuck EA, um, because they closed down one of the best development houses in the industry with Visceral Games, and they've done this time and again. That's you know we all know the story, but uh, I'm very sad to see Visceral close down because EA not only ravaged that studio, but also the franchise that made Visceral literally made Visceral because they were. Uh, called EA Redwood before uh, Dead Space 2, actually. So, um, it's so sad, because my dream game would be uh, Dead Space 4, and you don't have to call it that, it could be Dead Space, uh, you know, subtitle or Dead Space Revival, Rebirth. Um, but I would love to see them go back to those original mechanics, get away from the stuff in uh, Dead Space 3, and even Dead Space 2, and I just want them to go back to the original vibes of Dead Space 1, uh, because that game is something truly so fucking special. Um, and the same I'd like to see with Bioshock. We'll see what happens uh, when this uh, next Bioshock comes out, sooner or later. Um, but it's not going to be a Ken Levine Bioshock game, so I'm assuming that it's going to be more Bioshock 2 than the original, or even Infinite. Uh, but I'd love to see a return to the uh, OG Bioshock vibe. Absolutely. Um, 
two of my favorite games of all time there, the original Bioshock and original Dead Space. So um, those are just a couple. Uh, we talked about some of the superhero games that I would love. I mean, I could honestly talk about superhero game ideas for fucking <laughs> yeah. ever. Um, but honestly, guys, uh, a game that I have a dream of, and I swear to fucking God, if nobody's going get to off, get off their ass and make it, then I may just have to do it myself, you know. Thanos putting on the Infinity Gauntlet. Jack X Racing, um, Jack X Combat Racing 2. <laughs> close, but no dice. I think that you're never going to improve on the perfect game that is Jack X Combat Racing. It is actually a really dope game, and it's on PS4 now, so I would recommend it. Uh, but Jack 4, man. Jack fucking 4. And people cringe at the leaked stuff, or I don't even know if it was leaked. I think Naughty Dog actually put it out. The concept art, right? The, uh, the concept art of Jack 4, Naughty Dog did originally start making it and go into some pre-production stuff, uh, but didn't ended up scrapping the project. And I just think people are ridiculous talking all this shit about Jack and how it would never translate to today and how you couldn't do it today. Uh, Third-person action adventure games are you know, possibly at the peak of their existence right now. They've never been more popular before. All the the superhero games that we're talking about would definitely be third-person action-adventure. The biggest PlayStation exclusives, Spider-Man, God of War, Horizon, are all third-person action-adventure, so I just don't get this bullshit that there's no way you could do an awesome Jack 4. <laughs> I, and especially, sorry, Nerf, dude, I just thought about Jack on screen... I forgot the actual name of the the uh, the creature that Daxter turns into, but I just I just in the in the An Oxel. in the Kratos voice, uh, being like Oxel, you know, like boy, boy, yeah, <laughs> Oxel, O T T S E L, um, but uh, I and I don't think you make him look realistic like they are trying to do. That's why it makes so many people cringe, but. Uh, there's so much to be done there. It's a very cool world. The character design is very cool. And especially with like some of the car combat stuff that they introduced in 3 and then of course Jack X. You could do a lot of stuff there, which is kind of the the stuff that a lot of people really love about the Mad Max game from several years ago. Um, and not only that, but Jack... A little bit of Jack 2... Well, actually, yeah, Jack 2... But especially Jack 3, those were like uh, precursors, shout out to the Precursors of Legacy, the original Jack game, but those were precursors uh, to what we now know as the open world. Um, so I don't think that it's impossible to translate that series into open world since they were some of the first games doing it back on PlayStation 2. So yeah, man, I just think um, people are bullshitting about that and I'm tired of hearing people dump on Jack 4. Um, I don't think it'll come around anytime soon, but I do think um, they actually did a fourth game that wasn't Jack X that was on PSP and then I think eventually made its way to PS3 uh, called The Last Frontier. Uh, but it was, I haven't played it, but uh, it doesn't seem like it was, you know, living up to the splendor of the series. Um, but yeah, I definitely think you could bring it back today and make something awesome out of it and make something that people would totally love. So. That's I think the IP has a ton of clout. I could definitely see it coming back. Um, on the yeah. surface, it could definitely read as when people are looking at this in production meetings, it's, um, you know, Chris Pratt, Star-Lord, and Rocket Raccoon. Obviously different personalities and stuff, but on the page, yeah. that yeah. sells. It's like, you know, this 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 
funny main human character, this male, uh, with yeah. this furry little comedic relief. Like, I, I definitely think it can work and be brought back. Yeah. Um, and you can make it M-rated because the games got more violent as they went on. And, of course, yeah, Daxter is kind of a, a loudmouth, uh, rough-and-tumble type of character, very similar to Rocket Raccoon. Um, so yeah, I think you could make a really awesome M-rated open world shooter, um, with like some Borderlands elements and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that would be really fucking cool. So, you know, and yeah, I could definitely see Sony making it with a studio besides Naughty Dog because people say, you know, people say that it would be a total waste of time and money for Naughty Dog to make another Jack game. I disagree because I think it would push them to look back at their roots and realize what made them great in the first place and those game mechanics are not rusty in jack they're very much on point so i think it might kind of rattle them into making some sense uh giving them some sense and being like oh yeah we did make uh mechanically super tight games back in the day at one point and so we could you know balance that out with the great storytelling that we've been uh, known for recently, so I would actually like to see them do that because I think they could do something really cool with it and uh, maybe even improve as a studio in the long run. Screw it, if you don't want to give it to Naughty Dog, give it to Bluepoint. Let that be their first, like, from the ground up original yeah. game. Obviously not original IP, but still. Um, I guess before we close that episode 100, the last thing I want to say is how are we in 2018 and we still don't have a AAA Game of Thrones or Harry Potter game? That's very odd to me, you know? Like... Yeah, I mean... Especially Harry Potter. I think it's... you have... Yeah, you don't have a lot of great wizard games, that's for sure, but you definitely have some Game of Thrones-style games with Dragon Age and stuff like that. Um, I think that those games are, you know... It's tough to make a good licensed game because you've yeah. got so much that you have to work around. Um, so we'll never see Game of Thrones Season 2 and... for Telltale. <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh, God, don't even remind yeah. me. But besides that, it's just, you know, different with Harry Potter, but with Game of Thrones, like, the sword fights, that's not the main point of the series, you know? It's the political intrigue yep. and the, the backstabbing type of stuff, which is uh, hard to do in gameplay, unless it is, like, a story game uh, such as the Telltale series. So, I don't know. As far as Harry Potter goes, that's more of a mystery, though, <laughs> um, because it's something that's even more has even more wide appeal than... Uh, Game of Thrones, because, you know, any age could play it, and yeah, you could do awesome spells with your with your wand, and um, people have talked about turning it into, like, an MGS5 or Peace Walker situation, where you're, like, recruiting young wizards within uh, Hogwarts, and almost building, like, a Dumbledore's army type of thing. Um, so there's a lot of potential there. It is kind of crazy that we don't have a big Harry Potter game. I would love if the, like, the first, like, two hours of the game were, like, Quantic Dream, Telltale-esque in terms of, like, decision-making, and it's kind of, like, an open structure of you deciding one way or another to tackle, like, certain things, and all of those decisions you make feed into an algorithm that when you arrive at Hogwarts, it picks your house. Yeah. That'd be pretty dope. Stuff like that would be really awesome. On a side note, apparently the mobile game that's been released recently Terrible is fucking up all different types of canon. Yeah. Well, I didn't know about the microtransactions. I just keep hearing about how it's fucking up canon and how there's all these uh, inconsistencies. So, um, if nothing else, I hope that uh, that game just kind of opens the door for something bigger and better on consoles. Yeah. 
Um, well, that does it for episode 100. It was great to look back and discuss, you know, us starting the podcast and how we made it to 100 episodes and what we enjoy doing with it. Um, here's to 100 more, um, which is yeah. two years away, give or take. Because obviously 52 weeks yeah. in a year. Um, yeah, it's awesome that we made it to 100 episodes. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Neo-controlled interests, 2020. We'll see you guys next week when, uh, depending on when this goes up, we'll probably be talking about E3 2018 or the like. Um, yeah, thank you guys again for joining me on this podcast for 100 episodes. Uh, anything to say before we close out? Seinfeld is better than friends. <sighs> God of War, game of the generation. Oh my God. Alrighty. Jesus Christ. Catch you guys. Better than Witcher 3. Catch you guys in episode Jesus. 101. Bye.